This is the founder of the United Empire, Will Ospreay, the man that has done it all in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you are listening to the Wrestle In. Hello, and welcome to TNT, Total Nonstop Talking, the show where we discuss all things in the world of Impact Wrestling and soon to be TNA. I am one of your hosts, Fusa, and joining me today are my fellow hosts, Casey and Steve. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Yeah, good, thanks. Right on. Okay, um, so since it's our first episode, I think it would be appropriate to kind of like just go around between the three of us and uh, discuss how we got like discover TNA or Impact Wrestling and kind of how we got into it. Uh, would either of you like to start or? Yeah, I'm happy to start as Steve here. So I guess for me, it was back in 2002 when TNA first started. Um, I was following it really through Pro Wrestling Illustrated and just reading about it. Um, in the UK, we finally got it on TV around 2005, I think. So I've been watching it ever since. It's been flitting between different TV channels in the UK. And it's very difficult to find the last couple of years. So I've ended up getting the TNA app or Impact app. So that's been sort of the way I've been watching it recently. I guess sort of early memories of it was there's obviously a few people I knew from WWE days. And, you know, when it first started, there was the likes of Jeff Jarrett, Raven, Scott Steiner, uh, Randy Savage at the time as well around. Uh, but then when I first started really watching it, it was more the... AJ Styles, Samoa Joe's, Christopher Daniels, who got me interested. Um, and they also had some fun storylines. I particularly remember one with um, Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal, which seems a bit strange now they're in the same faction in a different organisation, but um, that was sort of interesting at the time to you know, see young talent like that coming through. That probably wouldn't have ever got the chance in WWE, partly because of their size, but they just had some interesting characters and then when sort of the knockouts division started, that was sort of a, another differentiator between between that and WWE at the time. Very much, uh, you know, focusing on women's wrestling, which, you know, the divas weren't really doing back in those sort of late 2000s. So that's all a bit how I got my start. Yeah, you're like one of like the OG OGs of watching him, uh, Impact TNA. <laughs> Um, yeah, I definitely didn't get started back then like you. Like I know about some stuff from 2005 or not 2005, like earlier dates of Impact, like the three way sac or um, what was it? Sac? It's not sacrifice. It was um, oh, I can't remember what the show was called. The uh, Joe Daniels Styles three way. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't remember that- what show it was on, but uh, that like I know about that like. Promos like Steiner Matz, like Main Event Mafia, Kurt Angle at the time. Like, I know about that, like a lot about that stuff. I've seen some stuff about that, but like, I wasn't in TN, into t- really wrestling as a whole at the time. Uh, I started watching uh, TN, I think it was still called TNA. Um, in, I think it was, it was around 2016, 2017. I rem- remember like, it was when uh, EC3 was the Impact Champion, uh, and he had yeah. um, Tyrus Rock. as like his muscle, and then that was the Rock whole like, That's, yeah, that was the whole like start of like Matt Hardy becoming like big money Matt Hardy, eventually like broken Matt Hardy. 
Um, but yeah, that's kind of when I started. I wasn't really familiar with anything outside WWE at the time. Um, I think it was TNA that I found first, and then I went to uh, New Japan, but I got a lot more into New Japan than I did TNA. And then I've been kind of on and off with watching Impact. I've gotten more into it the last like few years, especially with the, when AEW had their partnership with uh, Impact. I found myself watching it a little bit more then. Um, but yeah, uh, what about you, Casey? Um, well, I had like a similar experience with like TNA Impact with you as you, uh, you showed. Uh, well. It was a uh, also started, I believe it was around 2016, because like that's when I graduated from high school, and uh, I've been like a WWE fanboy for like the longest time, uh, and mm-hmm. like uh, after I graduated high school, I just wanted to like expand um, my wrestling knowledge, so I started looking at other things. Uh, one of the things I looked at was like TNA Impact. Uh, I watched a little bit here and there, nothing really. Uh, made me like attached to the product itself. Uh, but what really made me uh, get into into the product uh, regularly uh, was when what was it? It was when I read a, a spoiler report online that uh, that Pentagon Junior won the world title because, uh, like, at the time uh, I was really into Lucha Underground, and, and I'm pretty sure like. Everyone that was watching Lucha Underground at the time uh, was a huge fan of Pentagon, and and like when I heard that Pentagon won, I was like, "Oh, I'm really excited! I, this is my way to actually get invested into a product." And then I started watching regularly, and then like after he won the title, he immediately lost the title, but still, <laughs> but still, like after that, I became like a regular of watching like Impact and TNA. Right on, yeah. Um... Yeah. So it's unbreakable, by the way, that the uh, Joe Daniels. Ah, AJ yes. Was, yes. Just yes. Thank you. That that was the one. I always get sacrifice mixed up with that one. I never can properly remember which show it was. Um, yeah. So it sounds like me and Casey had a little bit of a similar experience when um, it come to, came to uh, Impact Wrestling. All right. Uh, I think. <laughs> Yeah, so I'd watch some of the old stuff. It's I know it's obviously difficult with so much new stuff coming on, but um, it's it's just some really interesting sort of pay per views, and uh, you know, just weekly some of the weekly TNA impacts are just very interesting in terms of just seeing a whole range of different wrestlers and uh, different storylines. Oh yeah, like once um that new TNA Plus launches next month, I'm gonna subscribe to it and then check out like some of the older stuff uh but speaking of older stuff we should move on to the new that was a terrible segue hmm. um we're gonna say bye to tommy dreamer then but yeah <laughs> i i mean tommy dreamer was on this card but um let's just kind of dive into uh a bit of full resolution uh, the first full resolution in three years and the second in the last 10. I take it that both of you have watched the show or at least skimmed through it. Yeah, uh, no, I've, I've, I've watched it, yeah. All right, cool. Um, I kind of more or less skimmed through it. Skimmed uh, through it. I wasn't in, super invested in everything 
like I don't I didn't watch any of the pre-show matches. Um it's because none of those really caught my attention. But the opening match of uh ABC taking on Brian Myers and Eddie Edwards for the Impact World Tag Team titles. I watched about five minutes of this and then went, wow, this is really boring, and then skipped the end. <laughs> I think the other the other problem it probably runs a little bit throughout the show because it was quite predictable in terms of it's almost like there was a lack of TV tapings recently because uh, the venue they normally tape at was being used so they had a few bests of a few highlights from UK and Mexico tours and this show was sort of put together and I think they were sort of on a bit of a pause until the big relaunch of TNA I, I just couldn't really see how abc were going to lose this one so um it did sort of uh find it difficult to invest in the match yeah that was kind of the vibe i was getting as well is that they're kind of they're like taking their foot off the gas uh for a bit until um they get to that rebranding in january and also like hard to kill and everything but yeah this one um just i have no interest in brian myers nor eddie edwards in 2023 and it was just very like slow, uh, so I was I kind of just decided like you know what I'm I'm just gonna skip through it, skip to the end, um, which of course ABC retained, and then we saw the return of the Rascals, or at least I think it was Zachary Wentz that was returning. Yeah, um, so he's been on a few weeks on sort of the weekly Impact shows, but. Yeah, this was sort of the return of them to the title scene, definitely. They sort of cemented themselves as top challengers for ABC. Yeah, and, and uh, continuing that feud they've had for the majority of like this last six months, uh, which has been a damn good feud, might I add. Uh, KC, do you have any thoughts on that opening match? Um, no, not really, because like, like you said, it was like a pretty obvious result. Um I guess like you could, I I guess you can like say that for like the entire card, like 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 you said, it's like most of it was pretty much predictable. Um I guess like the only real appeal for the entire show was like like as a fan was expecting something for like hard to kill. Because like that that was the sole reason why I watched the show to see what will they be building toward hard to kill. But like we barely got anything towards the pay-per-view so so like i'm not sure like what was the purpose of the show yeah and i think it's probably just you know they obviously got this you know if you've got the impact app you get these monthly events um so i think this was just sort of the one as a final impact show just uh you know just finish some storylines off and then hopefully reset for the launch of tna yeah, it was very much like uh like this is we're ending this is how we're ending the year kind of uh show. Um this is like just like to get out a live show to before the end of twenty twenty-three. Um and just like gain something out live for the fans, considering like you said, the last uh, few weeks have just kind of been like uh reruns from their UK and Mexico tours. Um but yeah, following that match and um, both the Rascals and ABC getting cleared out of the ring, uh, Alicia Edwards got on the mic and was very mad about the result of the previous match. 
uh, and she was doing the whole, I'm not leaving this ring until we get what we want kind of thing, which Santino Morella came out and gave her a match against uh, the returning Jody Threat. Uh, I like Jody Threat. I've actually met her before. She's very cool, very nice. Uh, definitely still keeps that badass persona on <laughs> on me and her. I have a picture with her, and she's just scowling in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was nice to see her kind of make her comeback in her home country, um, and just kind of beat up Alicia Edwards, which I actually was not aware was an actual wrestler until the match was made. I just thought she was the wife of Eddie Edwards and she was just there. She has been in recent months portrayed as that, hasn't she, in terms of just the almost the valet at ringside, which is a disservice to her in terms of, you know, she's she wrestled Trinity a few months ago, but, um, you know, before that she was a regular performer. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, but again, it was sort of one of those, you know, if the heel comes and sort of puts on a tantrum in the ring and the face comes out to demand a match with them, then you pretty much know the face is going to win. Yeah, very like control C, control V kind of textbook booking with uh, how that one went. And of course, Jody Threat did win that match. Um, not a whole lot of talking points here. It was sub eight minutes. Um, and Myers and Eddie Edwards got thrown out from ringside like a few minutes into it, and then it just was a match. Um, <laughs> it was it was a match. I kind of skimmed through it again. Casey, any thoughts or? Uh, no, not really. No, nothing more to add. Fair enough. Uh, next up was the Impact Digital Media Championship match: Tommy Dreener versus Deaner. Uh, listen, I have absolutely no interest in Tommy Dreamer. Um, I have I less interest in Tommy Dreamer than I do in Eddie Edwards. Uh, and also just Deaner doesn't catch my eye either with Violent by Design and now I think the design um dissolving. Like, it, it's very whatever. I had no interest at all going in this match and Tommy dream retained. So I still have no interest in the digital media championship. Yeah. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because I like Tommy dream where he's obviously given a lot to wrestling over the decades, but I have no interest in seeing him more than once or twice a year as a special attraction. So sort of. I don't sort of see the benefit of him being a title holder and successfully defending on this show. You know, Joe Hendry was starting to elevate the digital media title, I felt, you know, because he can work in the ring and he has some interesting personality and great songs, especially the one about Matt Cardona. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see where they're going with the digital media title now. Yeah, it definitely seems like the digital media title is like a pointless title because I remember when they first introduced the title, they had like a whole, like, digital media like division where wrestlers were like wrestle like these like uh 10 minute matches and they will like upload these matches exclusively like on like youtube and uh twitter but like nowadays it's just a title that's normally dependent on like the pre-show pay-per-views 
Yeah, that's just, that's just like a recurring theme in wrestling nowadays of just like championships having a theme and then just losing that theme randomly. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like the 27 title in WWE, isn't it? And now there's so many titles in AEW, it's hard to keep track. Yeah, like 24-7 title, like you said, um, the All-Atlantic title, which is now the Continental Championship, or not the Continental Championship, the International Championship, uh, which was supposed to be like the title is defending around the world with like and on the Indies and stuff. Like, there's a whole lot of championships where like they have a theme, and then the company sticks to the theme for like six months, and then it's like, yeah, it's just another mid card title, and don't really like um, capitalize on the theme, despite the theme could potentially have been good. Like, I thought the uh, digital media, like, uh, gimmick was fun. Um, I thought it was uh, kind of like a more refreshed thing. And also, I thought it was good, a little good thing to get people um, to, to, like, check out Impact. Because, like, it's a smart idea to have, like, free matches online. Because then you're giving people a preview of, like, what, like, your uh, shows and company is, like. Um, like the New Japan World Title or World TV Title. Um, that's a really great example of just like a title that matches are given out for free for, and they are really good matches. Yeah, I also remember, like in the early days of the Digimon Title, often the champion will take the belt, go to indie shows, and have them defend the title against indie talent, and they would upload those matches like on YouTube. I was like, I thought that was a great idea just so, like, uh, more casual fans can get experience with more indie wrestlers. And for some reason, they just stopped doing that because, like, uh, I know for a fact, like, for different champions from, like, uh, from, like, Cardona and um, Myers and even Hendry, they defended that title at different uh, indie shows. And we and for whatever reason impact just don't upload any of those matches and i was like especially on indie shows where they have uploaded uh indie matches actually really loved if they kept that part of the title up yeah i agree and i just think that that won't obviously happen with tommy dream because he won't be defending on indie shows in the same way but it's a good maybe house, maybe house of glory shows if he's yeah, really but- up to it but not much else. Um, so, and then the match after this, which was originally supposed to be a singles match that I was very much looking forward to, um, of Speedball Mike Bailey versus Trey Miguel. Uh, it got turned into an impromptu tag match of the Rascals versus Mike Bailey and Trent Seven, which the crowd was calling them Speedball Mountain. Um, this was a another really good match like this well not another this was like the first like like good good to really (coughs) match on the show um i thoroughly enjoyed this one this one was a lot of fun um abc coming out at the end and kind of causing the distraction um that was a wrestling booking thing that happens and it was kind of just like eh whatever uh but yeah no this was apart from like that like, I thought this was a really good tag team match. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like, like Trent, like, coming out was like a genuine surprise. Like, it was like, I was like, no one really expecting him to show up, like, on the show. And 
like him teaming with Speedball against the Rascals, like all four men evolved. Like, of course, it's going to be like a fantastic tag match. And I was like, I was like a definite highlight of the show. Yeah, it was for me as well. And I just sort of was surprised that you say when it was a tag match because I hadn't completely missed the fact that it was, I don't know if it was rumoured beforehand it was going to be, but, and obviously when Trent came out, it was a, a big surprise just because he's been doing a lot of UK indies, but not really anything else since NXT UK ended. So um, it's good to see him back. And yeah, we find out later he's back for a, a longer term. So that's good. Yeah, I'm actually um, a little surprised that he would um, showed up here in TNA. Uh, I thought he would have, like, I thought he may have, like, uh, was signed with, like, AEW because there was a while there that he was just, like, on Rampage Weekly with uh, AEW. And then I guess they just never signed him. Yeah. Um, but after the match, uh, Scott Demore came out and cut a great promo on how he is like signed like some of like their top talent in Canada, like Josh Alexander and also Speedball. Um, and he was gonna sign another one. And then like he did the reveal with the towel where like he had the mustache mountain towel or the Trent Seven mustache mountain towel and then like dropped like the front of it and the TNA logo, which was really cool. I love when um they do those kinds of things where they have a really creative way to reveal um, someone joining a faction or a company, like just like the towel for like that towel, for example. Um, it's one of my favorite things about wrestling is just being like, whoa, I didn't like sudden like twist with like a t-shirt. I was expected in the back to say that or whatever. Um, but yeah. Um, and then, so he cut a promo said that he almost actually signed mustache mountain, um years ago but he didn't and he regretted it and he could somewhat make up that now with signing trent seven uh which he gave trent the contract and trent signed it off uh speedball mike bailey's very sweaty back <laughs> his his back was very sweaty and very wet and I saw Trent put that paper on his back, and I was like, "Oh, that's gonna get very wet, and that is gonna potentially stick. That's kind of nasty. You should have used the towel to wipe off the speedball's back first uh, before." Perhaps the contract's void because it's not readable. Perhaps it's uh, the inks. Contract is null and void. Yeah, null and void. The sweat made the ink all run. Yeah. <laughs> Can read his signature. Um, but yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on um, Trent signing with Impact Wrestling? I mean, I'm I'm pleased in terms of, you know, obviously being from the UK, I followed Trent's career quite closely over the years, seen him wrestle a number of times, um, always puts on a good show. You know, obviously tag team with him and Tyler was fantastic. Uh, but, you know, I think he's got a lot to offer TNA as a t- singles competitor. And potentially as a tag team further down the line, I'd quite like to see him team up with Leon Slater, who TNA have just signed as well. Um, he's sort of a teenage British talent, sort of in the line of Nick Wayne. So definitely he could be a really good mentor for someone like that on the roster. Yeah, uh, I'm quite happy that Trent did get signed somewhere because, like, uh, I always kind of felt bad for him because, like, after he got released, while both like Tyler and like Pete Dunn are like still 
with WWE. I felt like he kind of got, uh, he kind of got, got left behind. But I'm glad he's he's somewhere where he can like show his talent. So I'm looking forward to what he does in TNA. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's definitely one of those guys that was kind of a surprising release. Um, when they merged NXT UK and NXT together, especially with how, like you said, how good Mustache Mountain is a tag team. Um, but yeah, he now he's has like a proper full time uh sign sign with the company and i hope it really works out for him uh and he doesn't get lost in the shovel in impact or tna uh moving on with a match that did most certainly get lost in the shuffle uh jake something versus jason hotch i had actually watched this match through um just because i was a little bit intrigued with just the size of the two guys and it's like oh this is gonna be a meaty match um, and then like nothing happened except for like the one part where Jake something slammed Jason Hotch with one arm while something was on his knees and Hotch was standing. That part was neat. Other than that, though, this match was a lot of nothing and ran sub seven minutes. Yeah, and I think this suffers from being just too predictable. There's you just couldn't see even with the you know if you watched the pre-show there was a you know, attack on the pre-show by Hard John Jake something. So yeah, the story very much. They showed that before the match started, but yeah. So um, you know, that was sort of the only thing that added a bit of jeopardy to it. But you know, Jake something was clearly always going to win that, and you know, sort of a start of a big push for him. I think. Uh yeah, Jake um has had like a few moments throughout the year. Um, where he looks where he like was getting elevated into the scenes like he was in the um ultimate x match at Slammiversary where he made his return um like he's definitely has moments hopefully 2024 is kinder to him and he actually gets a bit of gold or something but yeah like he's like i when they showed the graphic for jake versus jason hotch uh i i like said who the hell is jason hotch and then the good hands theme played, and I was like, "Oh, Jake's winning this, <laughs> full on. Jake's winning this match. It's it's a guy from the good hands. Okay, cool." Uh, and then moving on to another meaty match of Jake or not Jake, uh, Rhino versus Moose. Uh, this match was split into two parts, with the first part being this uh, ending in a DQ. Followed by uh, the usual, like, heel commits a disqualification, face goes, I'm not losing like this, we're having a street fight, and then heel goes, fine, you're on, and then they have a street fight. Uh, What was really interesting about this was Rhino threw out the challenge of the street fight, and Moose was just like, nah, fuck that, (laughs) and tried to leave, which... Then the ring announcer just started making shit up about like Moose has to come back, and and Moose is just like walking away, like nah, no, I don't. And then the ring announcer is like, Moose must compete in this match, or else he will lose his world championship opportunity at Hard to Kill. And it gave the same vibe as like kids on a playground making up a game 
And then, like, one of the kids, like, doesn't like how the game's going, so they start making up their own rules to, uh, send so they can actually, like, send so they win the game, basically. Where it's very, like, kind of just like, oh, yeah, well, I'm making the rule now that if you leave the playground, then, uh, you lose your lunch money. Kind of thing. But, like, with, the, with like, two grown men and w- with a world championship match. Which I, I thought it was just very, very silly way to get Moose to come back to just make shit up about him losing his match and then him going, ah, oh, fine, fine, if I have to, and then coming back and competing in the street fight. Um, and then the street fight itself was very whatever. Uh, two different ref bumps for some reason. Cool. Yeah. I guess one of them was through a table and then Moose won the match with the spear. And then, yeah. 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 Any further thoughts on these two matches? Um, like, like, I didn't really think like too much about like Moose having, have to go back in a ring to compete in that street fight until you brought that up. Because like thinking back on, what led to this match? I guess you, I guess you could have just like made this match a street fight from the get go rather than do all this. But of course, like with the lack of TV the past couple months, I guess they like like booked this like at the they like redid this match like at the last minute. So, so like I'm not sure what, what you can really do there. Yeah, I sort of like the idea of. Uh... You know, if you've got a big title match coming up, you don't want to exert yourself. You want to try and have an easy schedule, get out of matches if you can. You know, there's sort of a bit of logic there in terms of Luke's not wanting to get injured before the uh, big show in January. But, um, yeah, it just seemed to, to drag a little bit this match. Yeah, um, I have the time for the match here. It was nine... Uh, just under nine and a half minutes uh, for the actual um, street fight. And then it was only two minutes for m- the first match for Moose and his qualification. So it felt longer, but yeah. It, yeah. Oh yeah. For, it for sure felt longer. Uh, that was, it was one of the more longer street fights or longer feeling street fights I've ever watched. But um, yeah, that's, that was a match. Uh, moving on to the semifinal of, Trini and Jordan Grace taking on Deanna Prabhoso and Giselle Shaw. Um, this match is well, it was interesting because of all of the rumors of Deanna Prabhoso's contract ending or uh, her contract expiring soon. And it seemed her like basically, well, I don't know if it was her who said it or if it was just like word of mouth kind of thing that got to the sheets. Uh, but like from the sound of it, she's going to test the free agency waters um, and not immediately resign with Impact and just kind of like shop around a bit, um, which is fine. This match did lead to her taking a loss, though, in what could potentially be her last Impact match, and then uh, Giselle Shaw attacking her post match despite the meet partners. Yeah, and I think um, she has of implied that you know so there was a sort of video of her and jordan grace sort of saying goodbye to each other on social media earlier this week um which sort of suggests she's 
leaving. Wouldn't surprise me if she appears in the Royal Rumble at least, you know, as a surprise appearance. And yeah, who knows from there? Yeah, um, when I heard like Deanna's contract was coming up, I always thought I automatically thought that she was gonna go to WWE, especially seeing like her best friend Chelsea Green is doing like really well on Raw. So, and like that was the thing fans always um, said about Deanna that's like she was like one of the best women that Triple H just like left, like uh, let let slip uh, during like during Black and Gold NXT. And I guess all the, everyone wants to see Deanna like on the biggest stage possible and reach the height she like obviously deserve. So if she decides to go to WWE. I wouldn't blame her whatsoever. No. It, I mean, she's just been such a big star for Impact over the last couple of years, especially. So it's going to be a big loss, especially shortly after Mickey James taking a break as well. So, yeah, it's definitely some opportunities for either some new signees or for some existing talent to step up. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am a bit skeptical about her... Uh, Diana potentially going to WWE because the last time she was in WWE was not great. Of course, she has made a name for herself and has kind of bolstered her star power. So it is possible that if she were to go back this time, um, it would be a lot better for her. Like she might benefit from it and actually be booked right. But last time she was there she was very much like lost in the shuffle before Kane released. And this was in NXT as well. She never even reached the main roster. So this was under Triple H as well, which is why I'm not super kind of on the idea of like, oh, Triple H is booking the main roster now. Like, so she will be treated better. But like, she was not booked great when she was under Triple H in NXT. But it is possible that things change um and she's actually booked like a star uh in wwe if she chooses to go there or if she chooses to work overseas in japan for a bit um she seems to have a little bit of like the japanese crowd do have some knowledge of her it appears based on the reaction when there was a like she and giselle shaw showed up via video in stardom a few months back challenging julia for the strong Oak woman's title um at like i think it was the oh, what show was it? i think it was the um philadelphia show that uh, they the multiverse united it was it was either multiverse united or the show before that that was like the new japan show the um i think it was just collision in philadelphia um, but yeah, uh, she so like there is like some knowledge in Japan of who she is. So if she were to want to go work with Stardom, uh, it could definitely work out for her there as well. Uh, but yeah, is there any further thoughts on the match and or Diana? Um, like this is pertaining more to like Trinity and Jordan Grace, but more Trinity. Um, you guys noticed that like. In most of Trinity's feud um, involving the Knockouts World title, it's very, very much have the same structure. Whereas, like, right before, like, like as the 
guess like on an impact special before the big pay-per-view, they would have Trinity uh, team with her opponent and do the whole can they coexist um, match. And like right before they face face off. So it was like they did that with when she first faced Deanna. Uh, they did that with Mickey James before uh, Bound for Glory. And now here with Jordan Grace. So I'm like, uh, I'm just wondering, like, can we like get some at least some different variety with like <laughs> Trinity feuds? Can can we get her a new feud, please? This one has been u- reused four times. She needs a new one. Yeah, like, like the thing is, like, uh, her feud with uh, Alicia Edwards like stand out uh, simply just because it didn't follow that same formula. So I was like. That's why I think that like her, her feud with Alicia was probably her most memorable feud uh, so far as champion. Yeah, um, she also just like hasn't had matches against heels. Like when she challenged for the title, Deanna was a face. When she defended the title against Mickey, Mickey was a face. When she, uh, def- well, when she's going to defend the title against. Uh, Jordan at Hard to Kill. Uh, she Jordan will most likely be a face unless she turns heel within the next month or so. Um, and uh, yeah, she just I don't know, they just need to give her a proper like face versus heel feud rather than like face versus face. We've been friends for the like last like decade and a half kind of thing. They don't, she just hasn't had any like variety of like who her opponents are in feuds and even then like with these tag like teamed up with her opponent before her match with the title it's always Giselle Shaw yeah I'm pretty sure like she did this with Deanna teamed with Deanna against Giselle Shaw she teamed with Jordan Grace against Giselle Shaw I don't know if she teamed with Mickey against Giselle Shaw but like I wouldn't be surprised if it was against Giselle Shaw. It's just like a lot of Giselle Shaw. I like Giselle Shaw. I've seen Giselle Shaw in person against Maki Ito. But like, is there not other heels in Impact that could fight Naomi or Trinity Scary? Like, I, like, I don't think about it. I don't, don't think so. I think like the only heel, heels knockouts in uh, TNA at the moment is uh, Jensel, uh Savannah Evans, and and Alicia. I think they're the only heels currently. Everyone else is a face. You see, you've got people having appeared recently, like Taylor Wilde and you know the the Coven, and uh, you've got Masha Slamovich and uh, Killer Kelly, people like that. But they just haven't been on TV recently. So yeah, I think there's probably a a need for either some of them to be put in a more prominent position or perhaps for new signings. There's a few few people like Ali um, on you know who are available. Camille from NWA is available. You've got some of the XWWE releases who yeah. are potentially available. Maybe even like go down and grab some people from like CMLL. I like if they were to go out and just sign people from the indies, it's also not a bad thing. I know there might be someone out there 
uh, potentially MX, who's like on her knees screaming into the sky about uh, just like giving a big like Darth Vader no with the thought of like Ali Catch going to signing with Impact Wrestling. But like Impact is better than uh, like AEW when it comes to laying their talent work independence. Like their talent work a lot of indie shows. Like even their top guys, like Josh Alexander and Speedball, work indie shows. They're very good with laying rest their wrestlers just go out and work on the indies. So even if they were to like go and just like raid GCW's women division, women's division, and just sign a bunch of the women there, uh, like it wouldn't really be the end of the world for GCW because they would just work in GCW like nothing happened. But uh, I think it's fair to move on to the main events. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns versus Josh Alexander and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, I don't know if this is Zack's return to TNA or his TNA debut. I believe this is like his official debut for TNA slash Impact. Yeah, I don't think he ever worked for the company in the past. Which is shocking. Yeah, which is real. Which is extremely surprising considering Zach Sabre Jr. has worked for every company and their mother's companies. But I don't think he's ever actually worked TNA. Yeah, I think he's probably appeared on some sort of cross-promotional shows. But yeah. Yeah, so it's good to see him. Certainly. I love Zach Sabre Jr. Um, so it's good to see him in this role, but it, you know, and, and this match was interesting in the sense of, you know, it wasn't as predictable as some of the others. In that there was that element of, you know, is there a storyline between the Motor City Machine Guns? You know, are they going to win as other champions, single champions? It's a uh, had a bit of interest. Yeah, um, this was definitely the match of the night. Uh, it ran sub half an hour. Um... But definite match of the night. I, this was very good. It was nice to see uh, Zach in an impact ring, mix it up with the Marseille Machine Guns. Marseille Machine Guns, great tag team, like always. Um, I actually am on Zach's cage match, and I'm not seeing TNA or Impact anywhere else. I don't think he ever actually worked for TNA or Impact. I think this was their first... Like technically, this is his second match with uh, Impact because he was on Multiverse United Two earlier this year, uh, but that was a crossover show. So this was his first proper like on Impact TV match uh, for Zach. Uh, but yeah, he had a great showing. I don't think you can ever really have a bad match from Zach Saber Junior. Uh, this, but it was. Definitely match of the night for me. One of the bear matches. Um, and yeah, uh, any f- anyone else have thoughts on the main events of final resolution? Um, and do you, do you think there was a finish before the actual finish? In that it seemed to me that Zach got a pin probably three minutes before the end of the match, and the ref didn't count it. Don't know if you, anyone else noticed that. Uh. Um, no, I think I missed it. I might, yeah, I think I might have missed it. I might have to go back and check. Yeah, it just seems it just seems to be a strange moment that 
it seems the ref seemed to be about to count for three, and I'm not sure if it was think the save and didn't get his uh, shoulder up, and uh, the ref just stopped counting. So, uh, but anyway, you know, it, it it didn't affect the result of the match, and uh... yeah, true classic moment in wrestling when the the um, when wrestlers forget the finish and then don't kick out, and the referee just goes, uh. uh Two, he, his shoulder moved an inch off the mat. That it's a, it's a two, guys. It's a two. <laughs> it was one. Of, it's, it did seem to be one of those moments. Yeah, yeah. Where they just like forgot the finish. Yeah, it happens. Wrestling's live. All yeah. that. And they like um, they wrestle like the longest out of everyone else on the show. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Like no other matches. Like the second longest match on the main card was Speedball Mountain versus the Rascals. That was only like just over 15 minutes. Like everything else was pretty short. This one ate up a good chunk of the airtime, which is fair because I mean, that match deserves uh, over 28 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, that's, I think that's a good, uh, good wrap up for Final Resolution. Um, and let's just kind of jump into uh, some other big news that came out of Final Resolution, actually, um, which was the announcements of the opponents for Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada uh, for Snake Eyes, the taping following Hard to Kill. Um, so as of this recording, um, December 12th, uh, there has been only two matches announced for Hard to Kill itself, and then on the final resolution, uh, they already announced both Osprey and Okada were coming to Impact, which was a surprise to a lot of people, especially the Okada part. Um, which, but then they did announce that the taping following Hard to Kill, um, there would be a six-man tag match, which would have Okada teaming up with the Mercy Machine Guns against. Brian Myers, Eddie Edwards, and Moose, which, sure, <laughs> guy that is swore off coming back to the company and has been very pissed off at the company for a good part of a decade, coming back to wrestle three guys that are whatever. <laughs> like, I, this, this match is, like, only catching my eye because of Okada. Like, you throw in Josh Alexander instead of Okada there, this match, I don't give a shit about this match. Yeah. yeah. Like, unfortunately, I feel like uh, this is this was not the match uh, <laughs> TNA wanted to have to bring back uh, Okada. I'm pretty sure for both Okada and Osprey, they were originally set to appear at Hard to Kill, but since New Japan is doing uh, a U.S. show the same night as Hard to Kill... Uh, TNA is just like out of luck and they have to make do with just having these matches uh, on their TV tapings. I'm pretty sure Okada had probably like a singles match uh, originally on the pay-per-view and this like six-man tag was going to be the match he was going to be a part of like the next night. Yeah, it, fe- it feels like Okada is not wanting to do anything too strenuous and wanting to have a you know, six-man match that you know, gives him an appearance, but 
you know, you'd really hope for him to have a one-on-one match with Speedball or something like that, wouldn't you? Ideally, but um, you know, that, that's what we've got. But certainly the Alexander Osprey match. I don't, know if, I don't know if you've seen their first match, but that was a great match, and I was, I was expecting this to be even better. Yeah, uh, I actually was not aware that Battle in the Valley is happening the same day as Hard to Kill. Yeah, it seems like like every wrestling company is like doing a show on that night for some reason. January thirteenth specifically. <laughs> every 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 like promoter just looked at January thirteenth. It was like that's the perfect day to have a wrestling show. Yeah, and then you everyone's January, booked you can't have a Rumble weekend. You can't have it Super Bowl. You know. Oh yeah, the, like it. It would be hard to have it later. Playoffs, yeah. But it's just the idea of like every promoter just being like, that's a perfect day to have a wrestling show. And then everyone booking the venue and then being like, huh, I wonder what other wrestling shows we, we have to go head to head against. And then scrolling through Twitter and seeing that they have to compete against like eight other companies on the same night. Um, yeah. Uh, that is a possibility, like you said. That this was not the original plan. Oh yeah, Battle in the Valley, January thirteenth. Okay, interesting. Um, is like you said, it's possible that that wasn't the original plan for Okada, and they probably would have won him on the pay per view. But like even then, though, I feel like you could have booked a better match for Snake Eyes. Like, what? Like, uh, C C mentioned it, but like we're also getting Osprey Alexander two on the snake eyes um tapings which we will dive a little bit further into uh, in a moment but <coughs> excuse me um like you don't you could have given us or, or caught a better match on bat or um oh geez i gotta close this so i stopped looking about in the valley on a heart or t- snake eyes tapings like i don't think this was the ma- like with how many people you have in impact as well I feel like there could have been a better match made. Like, Okada versus Speedball would have been great. Would have been a lot of fun. Okada and the Mercedes Machine Guns versus, like, the Rascals and someone yeah. would have been good. Mercedes Machine Guns and Okada versus, like, ABC and someone else from Bullet Club that was in the States for uh, Battle of the Valley. Like... There was more options than just Eddie Edwards, Brian Myers, and Moose. But uh, as mentioned before, there is a much better match happening at the Snake Eyes tapings, which is uh, Osprey versus Alexander too. This uh, is there any thoughts from you guys about a rematch between these two? Yeah, I think what's interesting about this is Will Osprey's been very public in his praise of TNA both in terms of his original getting into wrestling as a fan, as well as sort of the way he was treated backstage and the sort of environment backstage when he appeared in, on the recent shows. Um, so, you know, rumour is they offered him a contract and clearly he wasn't going to get the money he would get with TNA or, you know, with AEW from a TNA contract. But it was interesting that, He's been so public in his praise of TNA. I think he'll want to put on the best show he possibly can. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, um, he's said 
before that like he got into wrestling through TNA. I, I think of like the main motivations for him gain into becoming a pro wrestler was like TNA and Naramichi Marafuji. Those were like the two big ones for him. Um but yeah, no, him being actually and him like actually being able to wrestle on a TNA show is huge for him as well because that was also one of his like uh bucket list kind of things. But of course TNA has been impact for the last like five years. So while he wrestled on an impact show, he hasn't technically wrestled on uh TNA yet. So this is a big kind of like bucket list moment for him and his career. Uh so this match might end up even being even better than the first one, uh, because he'll wanna show out. Any any thoughts from you, Casey? Uh no, not really. Uh, just like real excited to like see this match again. Uh, like I really do hope it like uh, one ups their previous match. Yeah, for sure. I like with how they're treating Snake Eyes. I can definitely see this match being a one up of their uh, first encounter from earlier this year, which is on Impact's YouTube for free. So if you haven't watched that match, uh, go watch it before the uh, rematch airs. It's kind of ridiculous that match is just being given out for free, but I digress. Um, so let's jump into the only two confirmed matches at the moment for Hard to Kill. Uh, as I previously say, we are recording this on December 12th. So when this episode comes out, uh, it is possibility that more matches for Hard to Kill had been announced that we were unable to discuss because they were not made... Um, they were not announced when we, we were recording this episode. But the two matches that we do know about are the Knockouts title, which we touched a little bit on before between Trinity and Jordan Grace, and the uh, Impact World Championship of Alex Shelley versus Moose. Um, so first, let's I guess let's talk about the Knockouts match. Uh, this match is happening because Jordan Grace won the Bound for Glory Collier Shots uh, Battle Royal. Which or gauntlet, collar shots gauntlet, which was the first time a uh, knockout had actually won the match. So another big historic moment being added to a laundry list of historic moments and feats for Jordan Grace. But uh, yeah, we we talked a bit about the build for this match, especially uh, with the final resolution of this is once again yet another Control C Control V of Trinity's previous title feuds, where it's just. Teams with po- opponent, friends with opponent, has match against friend, wins match, or maybe loses match. We don't know yet how that one goes. But um, is there any like further thoughts on the match specifically of Grace versus Trinity? I think it'll be a good match. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I think they've both had good matches in the past year. With Jordan sort of signing a new contract, I'm expecting there to be a potential title change here. It's difficult to see what else Trinity could do and who would take the title offer if it's not Jordan Grace at the moment. Yeah, that's that's the thing as well. Is like, like um, this seems like it would be a good time for Grace to win the title because like it's not a whole lot of other people at the moment that would be good to be Trinity for that title. Unless they uh, decided to build someone up, uh, they could always do that. Impact's like really good um, of building people up, especially yeah. uh, since like uh, Diana 
is leaving, there's like a massive hole in the knockouts division. So they can definitely put someone in a position like maybe like uh, Gazelle, Gazelle Shaw uh, or maybe Tasha Seals or um, or even like maybe Masha Slamovich even. I would I would be all for Masha beating uh, Trinity and being the knockout champion. Masha Slamovich has been one of the best things on the indies. Um, and also her tag stuff with Killer Kelly has also been fantastic. So, yeah, no, I would be all for uh, Masha Slamovich beating Trinity for the championship at some point. If, of course, Jordan doesn't do it uh, at Hard to Kill. Any fair thoughts or shall we move on to the other Hard to Kill match? Um, yeah, we can move on. All right. And then our the second uh that is known of hard to kill match uh is um Moose versus Alex Shelley for the Impact World Championship. Moose gained this match because of him picking the briefcase in Feast of Fired earlier uh this year. It's it's a match. It's a match that is happening. Um I'm whatever about this match moose gain another world title shot is whatever he's fine there's there was better options for the return of tna for alex shelley to wrestle but hey it's moose this will be a fine match it will probably main event and it'll be a fine main event i'm kind of whatever about it um like to be fair and like in defense of moose i feel like moose is like one of the most like important wrestlers for like impact specifically the impact era because like i know a lot of people don't care much about moose but i think he's like a phenomenal athlete and and really like uh some of my favorite matches of the impact era have evolved moose i think like uh a lot of people don't give him as much credit credit because like he really is one of the corner stores for like for impact, especially those like really rough days when it's like uh impact came very close to closing the doors. Uh having him there like really help like keep them afloat. So I was like, um him uh getting this title shot is like I'm I'm very welcome to it. Yeah. Uh, I do I do remember like when Moose was like considered the biggest like free agent back in uh what was it like 2017, 2018, where like he was considered the guy to sign at the time because of what he was how well he was um portrayed in Ring of Honor. And then he signed with uh Impact Wrestling and was good for a while and then turned heel and then never turned back face. Um and he's had like his moments, but and like has had title shots. Moose is fine to me now. I like I really liked him when he was in uh, Ramar though, and like his early days of Impact. But right now he's he's still good. They still portray him as a star. Um, but like I don't know. I feel like they could have been better. Also, on a quick side note, I forgot to kind of mention this during when we were talking about final resolution. But when Moose was making his entrance, there was one guy who, instead of doing the moose chant, was just going, douche, douche, at him while flipping him off every time. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. Like, I remember was... that. Like, he tried, moose tried to make the fan flinch, but the, like, 
nah, the fan wasn't having it. Yeah, he moves like did like the like the like swing at him. The fan just didn't do it move, and he was like, "Nice fucking try, buddy!" In like the most Canadian accent, <laughs> like a teeth chant douche at him. And I was like, "Who is this guy? And how do I have him at the front row of every show in the rest of Canada?" Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I, th- I think you know I'm expecting another title change here. If I'm honest, I think. Uh... Yeah, Moose has got a long-term contract, as you, as you sort of say. Um, he's been a big part of TNA in the last few years. You know, certainly stuff with Eddie Edwards was very good. I'm sort of less interested in his partnership with Brian Myers, if I'm honest, but it's difficult to see who else is going to take the belt off Alex Shelley, unless it's Chris Saban. But um, you just you just think uh, probably new new name, probably new champions. And from a marketability point of view, he's probably one of the biggest stars I've got. He's got the physique and he's got the NFL background. So, yeah, he's probably going to be a, another title change, I think. I don't know if the title would change hands here. I don't. I think, in terms of like just star power and like exposure and just like overall being well known, Alex Shelley is just a much bigger star than Moose is. I don't think it's the right choice to give Moose the title on the rebrand and have Moose the face of TNA. What, like, I think keeping the belt on Shelly for a little while longer would be a better choice, in my opinion, of just because, like, he's a lot, he's a bigger star, and also he's been with TNA since, like, what, 2003 or something? Like... They, the Mercenary Machine Guns have been pro- I, like the most loyal wrestlers on that roster. So I think it's only fair that when TNA, when they rebrand back to TNA, that they are the, the faces of TNA in the X Division and the uh, World Championship. I'm just thinking with the six man the following day, you can imagine the scene where Moose, the Impact Champion or TNA Champion, Stands toe to toe in the ring of Okada, potentially setting up something further down the line. Yeah, that's the. Well, I thought of that as well. I was like, oh, if Moose does win and he stands toe to toe with Okada, that that could lead to like Okada challenging for the world title, and like, and 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 for Okada to right all the wrongs from the past, uh, becoming TNA World Champion. I was like. Do I like? I think that would actually be like really fun to see. Uh, as like the only thing uh, I have is like I originally had uh, Shelly to retain simply just because like we still need that like uh, that like third match between uh, him and Tanahashi from New Japan because like uh, like a few months ago on a New Japan show. Uh, Tanahashi did pin Shelly, and they pretty much confirmed that they're gonna meet again one on one somewhere down the line. And it's like, and it's like that starts going in bleeding into like New Japan storytelling. But I was like, I think I personally believe that like Tanahashi it was going to be the one um, to take the tile off Shelly. But the idea of Okada being world champion is like a really good idea as well. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be very long, does it? It could be a 
Tier three Manfrey, Josh Alexander then wins it from him. You know, that's a positive for Okada as well as for Josh Alexander then. Yeah, I think it would be interesting uh, to give the belt to either Okada or Tanahashi. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the idea of someone from a different promotion, especially a promotion like New Japan, where they're going to want Okada in Japan all the time, especially during that kind of like run from January to April. Um, I don't really know how I feel about him having the title because then it's kind of like the world championship is just gone off of impact TV for a while uh, until they can get him back around like best of super junior season and stuff. So um, like that's like, not ideal. No. Uh, well, like it's not the first time it happened with like with impact since like they did put the belt on Omega. Um I was like, it they can make it work because they have a good off roster where they can just like uh easily just like slot like the knockouts to be that main event position or like any other titles to be that main event position while the world champion's gone. Yeah. So I was like they can work around it. The, yeah, but but then also like the thing with Kenny's reign was that Kenny was still on Impact TV while champion. Like he still and he's still like on Impact Wrestling and still like cut promo stuff. And he also defended the show or defend the show, defend the title on shows. So like he was there. The thing with Okada, if like Okada were to win the title is that he's not like in the States as much as Kenny is. Kenny was very simple. It was a simple like, hey, Impact needs something from Kenny for as world champion. Sure. Fly him out to Nashville record the thing or whatever he goes back to florida with this it's like you can't exactly do that with okada unless you plan on having three months of impact in japan or he signs with aew for a period and uh he's able to do shows on impact as well i don't think like um impact is working with aew anymore like they haven't really had anything going on like there's not really there hasn't been any impact talent on EWTV and vice versa like there hasn't been a mention either of it i think that that relationship between them like very quietly kind of fizzled out presumably osprey when does osprey's contract at AEW start is that after wrestle kingdom presumably um uh yeah that... i believe like february like because that's usually around the time like a lot of the Dutchman talent contracts do like usually end because that's when Okada's current contract also ends. I think Osprey's is a different situation. Uh, I think his is end of January um, because he when he did sign at Full Gear, he did cut a promo saying he'd be on the road to Revolution. So like, I feel like he it, his contract is expiring prior to what other contracts happen. Or when other contracts expire in like February, um, because like it seems like he will be on AWTV to set up a feud or a match for Revolution. The problem is though is that if his contract expires in February, at the end of Fe- or at the end of February, I should say, um, that's like a week before uh, Revolution. Revolution is like March sixth or something, like right at the beginning of the month. So there's not really anything to build towards. 
or yeah, Mar- sorry, March 3rd. So like if his contract expires in that final week of March, he has like one dynamite he can be on uh, to make a match. And then like four days later, he's on the pay-per-view. It's like, well, it's not like unheard of, of like, like oh, uh, yeah. Tony Khan, like booking a match, like legit the day before of a pay-per-view. So, oh yeah. Like he's, He's probably going to do it with uh, Final Battle this coming Friday. But, um, yeah, so he, the, I don't know, the way that Osprey said that he'll be on the road to revolution in his uh, promo makes me think that his contract is expiring earlier than others, and it's going to be done at the end of January. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I think we should um, move on, speaking of 2024, to a little bit of, like, uh, Bit of like a review segment and also a what we want out of TNA in 2024. Um, so what has kind of been the highlights of 2023 for you guys when it comes to TNA? I think there's probably three for me. So the first one is Josh Alexander. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's he's had some injuries. He's he, but you know from his time as champion, that was just a fantastic run. Um. Just every time he goes in the ring, you know you're going to get a great match. Um, I, you know, when the North split up originally and Ethan went to AEW, I generally thought, well, Josh Alexander's going to do nothing. You know, he's just going to be a sort of mid-card talent, but he's completely proved me wrong. Um, so, yeah, just a, a standout for me. And, and in a similar vein, really, the second one is Steve Macklin. You know, when he signed from WWE and, you know, Steve Cutler and WWE, I just thought he's not going to go anywhere. He's only sort of being signed because of sort of his personal situation and, you know, his sort of X-Forces background is sort of a short-term storyline. But he's really proved me wrong and had some great matches during the year. Sadly, sidelined with an injury at the moment, but he's really impressed me. Um, And then I guess the third sort of, the bit was the signing of Trinity. Um, bit of a surprise in that I expected her to return to WWE, if I'm honest. And, uh, you know, she's taken a gamble on herself. She's, you know, proved to a lot of people, to a lot of people that she can have great matches, particularly enjoyed her matches with Diana Peraza. Um, and, uh, you know, we've talked a bit about her sort of a formulaic booking earlier, but, when it comes to in-ring, she's had some good performances. And it's just added a level of interest to the Knockouts division. So, um, yeah, interesting to see what happens next for her. Uh, yeah, Trinity definitely was a big highlight for TNA. Um, I didn't think she was going to go back to WWE. I thought she might have ended up doing like a bunch of indie work for a while before someone scooped her up. But apparently that was the case, and TNA scooped her up right away. Uh, she was a big highlight. For sure, I agree with that. I also agree with the Josh Alexander one. Josh Alexander uh, has had a very strong 2023. Um, for me, another highlight, and I honestly think like is the MVP of TNA this year, is Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, Bailey has just been on a tear of just great matches, whether it's in a TNA ring or it's across seas for the best super junior or challenging for the junior heavyweight title, or even just like wrestling on the Indies speedball. Mike Bailey has been like one of the best in the world 
for wrestling in 2023. Um, and if I feel like he has kind of, I don't want to say outgrown TNA, but I do feel like that, like he needs a bigger spotlight. Like it's like TNA is good and everything, but if you look at the viewership numbers and all that, it's just not as big as if he were to go work on like say dynamite or go to Japan full time and sign with new Japan. Like, the number like it's he's kind of feels like he is bigger than New Japan. Josh Alexander or it's not New Japan, uh, TNA. Josh Alexander has like is also there to a degree as well, but like he still it still feels like he fits in uh within TNA and is still like a big piece of TNA while. Mike Bailey doesn't really feel like a piece of TNA and feels like he is bigger than TNA. Um, and like if like he should go elsewhere, uh, in my opinion. But hey, I mean it with, with like the rebrand of TNA, it might end up that he is in the right place with TNA and he has great matches with the rebranding and proves me wrong twenty twenty four. Um which him proving me wrong 2024 means that he's going to have incredible matches day in and day out, then hey, I'm not going to complain. But uh, like like you said, Steve Acklin was also another big highlight for TNA this year, in my opinion, as well. He has just been all over the place with um, his wrestling and being the world champion and everything. He has just been phenomenal. Uh I don't really have anything else like apart from like maybe my TNA match of the year, which is speedball versus Osprey. That one was just incredible, but yeah, other than that though, I don't have much else for 2023. It kind of like look back at 2023. Uh, Casey, what do you got for your big highlights of TNA in 2023? Uh, pretty much the same with you guys. Um, uh, like Josh Alexander, like he, like there's a reason why he's the standard for the company. Um, uh, Steve Macklin, I really like. I'm like I was like really happy Macklin uh, became world champion this year, for sake of like saying something different of like my favorite match that's like not a uh, speedball. And Osprey, uh, my favorite match was like Macklin versus PCO in that no DQ match where Macklin just like was fully bloody, and I was like, it was like, it was like unnerving, like watching that match. Um, and it's like uh, as well as like uh, no highlight was actually Shelly, Shelly uh, actually winning the world title this year because like that that win came out of nowhere. Um, it just like. Kind of just leave me wondering. I was like, uh, "What would have happened if like Josh didn't get injured like back at the beginning of the year?" And it's like it also leaves me wondering if like was Macklin even meant to like win the world title in the first place? But uh, I don't know. But it's like it led to like a very interesting like few set of months like during like the middle of the year. Yeah. Um- yeah, that's it's kind of always a thing of with injuries, uh, just like a what if 
was it supposed was it supposed to happen did or was it not supposed to happen but yeah um macklin being the impactful champion was big for him definitely raised his stock a lot and also of course that shot of his match after his match against pco of him like just covered in blood while demore is putting the title around his waist that is such an iconic shot of tna for the year and honestly for macklin's career as a whole that's gonna be a picture that's gonna like sum up steve who steve macklin is and what he did in his career uh but as that is it like that's a good discussion of the past but what about the future what is every you guys wanting um out of tna in 2024 um mainly uh there's like a few people i would like to see be properly uh, sh- showcased like uh, next year. Uh, I would like to see like Speedball showcase. I would like to see Macklin um, be world champ again. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can see uh, Jake something do something prominent as well. Um, and it's like I I really want to see like some of my favorites actually do something prominent in like the main event picture. Uh, the only problem is, is like you can't have everyone in that, uh, in the main event scene. Yeah, and I think for, for, for me, it's uh, I think there's a lot of continuation of what's happened in the last couple of years. There's sort of definitely an upward turn in terms of TNA. I think there'll be a lot of extra publicity with the rebrand. So looking forward to seeing what happens there. I think it's noticeable there are a few. Uh, you know, WWE releases who contract expires just before Christmas. So, interesting to see if anyone like Ali or Dolph Ziggler might turn up on TNA, especially in January. Um, I think it will also be good to see, and uh, I sort of mentioned him earlier, Leon Slater getting a bit of a run in TNA. If you haven't seen him, I'd definitely check out some of his work in GCW and in the UK. Um, as I say, he's very reminiscent of Nick Wayne. He's similar age and he's got that similar style. So I definitely think from an exhibition point of view, he'd be a great addition. So I think there's lots to look forward to. Um, but most of all, I just want to see it continue to grow. You know, for me, the more stronger wrestling companies we have, the better. And uh, competition can only help the products of WWE and AEW as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, competition is very healthy uh, in the world of wrestling. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you guys. I would love to see like just the stock of Impact as a whole go up. Um, I would like to see guys like Macklin, Speedball, Alexander have even better years than they had this year. Uh, some new signings would be nice, of course, um, with uh, TNA. I don't know about Ziggler or... Um, Dolph Ziggler going there just because his brother is in AEW, so he probably want to go and work with his brother, unless, of course, uh, Ryan Nemeth's contract expires at some point next year and they decide not to re-sign him, then he can end up in uh, Impact and then we see Ziggler in Impact, but uh, yeah, I, I think it would be good to see some new signings and, of course, also like just like kind of more of 
the recent science we've had this year with uh, Trent Seven and Leon Slater. It's kind of the, the future of Impact and uh, TNA. Um, is there anyone else have any like closing thoughts of, of like anything else you want out of 20, uh, TNA in 2024? Um, the only the one thing I really want to see from TNA next year is them to get like a really big signing. Because uh, like like we saw the reports, like they try to get Punk, they try to get Osprey, they just don't have as much uh, resources as like AEW or WWE. So so I was like, I would like to see them sign someone huge to show like to show like the entire wrestling world that like TNA is on that level of aw and wwe because like uh if you look like online people still treat tna like as like the bottom barrel when it comes to like uh wrestling so hopefully like with a big signing maybe from uh mercedes monet and it's like it can like open the eyes of a bunch of people and they can say oh maybe tna is there's something here we can like enjoy i would I'm sorry. I would be very surprised if they got Monet, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you about um just getting a big name. A big name would definitely help that like people kind of go like, oh shit, TNA is like an actual like an actual like competitive company that I should go check out. Um, it would definitely help a lot because they have like you said over the years because of a lot of like diminished in a lot of people's eyes, especially when they're in that position of like the will they won't they fold. Um, but yeah, uh, Steve, what were you going to say? Yeah, I think it's interesting because you know, years ago, TNA signed Kurt Angle and it created a bit of a buzz. They signed Christian from WWE at the time, it created a bit of a buzz. So, I do think there's a number of people whose contracts are up in WWE and AEW. And unless you're a really top star, you know, what what's the harm in signing a free six month contract with TNA just to create that buzz? And potentially strengthening your negotiation power to get a further contract with a WWE or an AEW. Yeah. yeah so for Seth sure. Rollins for TNA, yeah, in June. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, what's Tyler Black doing in the Tyler Impact Black, Zone? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Tyler. Tyler Black. Uh, but yeah, I think that's uh, going to do it for the first episode of uh, TNT. If you like what you heard and want to check out more of uh, the other Wrestle In Network podcasts, you can do so by searching Wrestle In wherever you get your podcasts. If you want even more Wrestle In content, you can follow us on Twitter at Wrestle In and subscribe to the Patreon for exclusive shows you can't find anywhere else. Uh, and if you want more content from any of the lovely voices you heard today, you can follow me on Twitter at Fusa Balor. Uh, KC, where can they get you? Uh, at KC underscore Foster1763. And what about you, Steve? Um, Steve Howard, 1972. There you go. Uh, and if you want to chat with us along with other members of the wrestling team and community, you can join the Discord. This has been Total Nonstop Talking. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Goodbye. TNA, TNA. <laughs> <laughs>